Welcome to Kick Back and Chat Shit, the most relevant football podcast on air. We chat about the latest results, trends and storylines in the Premier League. This is football commentary at the highest level. If you're ready, kick back and listen to Max and Mike chat their shit. Let's go in three, two, one. Yo, what's going on, people? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. It's rainy out here in the Bay, but it's a beautiful day to talk about football. <laughs> it's your boy, Michael Garrick. We got Maxwell Oldham on the other side of the screen. And I just on the other say side that. of the pond as well. On the other side uh, of the emotional roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that football is life. And that is a quote from Danny Rojas from Ted Lasso. And wow, <laughs> wow. There's, there's so much to talk about, but there's not enough words in the world to describe my emotion, to describe everything I told Max and the other people that I've spoken with, that my guy Mo Salah is unstoppable, that Liverpool is unstoppable, that... We don't have to spend buku bucks to make things happen. And you want to know one thing that I did last night after I watched the game? I went to Nike.com, all right? And I, purchased, <laughs> I purchased myself a Liverpool windbreaker. I purchased my wife a Liverpool jacket. And the reason why I did this was the fact that we need to sign Mo Salah and Nike gives 30% of all proceeds back to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> they need to pay him his money. I guess, look, let me just get this out of the way. Liverpool are probably the best team in the Premier League right now. Mo Salah is the best. He's the most effective player in the world right now. Mm. And he has a bigger impact on his club than any other player in the world. So take from that what you will. Um. Can I, get a, a can, of, I get a, uh, can I get a Mo Salah, please? Mo Salah. <laughs> what a player, man. I love seeing his little curly hair running down the pitch. It's a, it's a joy to see good players play. Unfortunately, I had to come against my team. And look, I was chatting a lot of rubbish. I was chatting a lot of shit last week, only on Friday. Um... But look, man, you have to back your team to the end, and that's what I'm going to do. Mm. I'm a Man United fan today. I was a Man United fan yesterday. Not a happy one. Um, where should we start? I think we should just start about just start talking about the performance, um, or actually even before the performance. Let's talk about the lineup. I mean, do you think Man United came out with their best team? I think. I think they did. But what I think is very interesting is that there was a lot of uh, talk in the press here in England about what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said before the game, that Mm. Man United were going to be on the front foot, that they were going to take the game to Liverpool, they were at home, um, and that they weren't going to sit in and let Liverpool play their game. And regardless of the 11 players that were on the pitch, if it was the best 11 or if it was the worst 11, that performance and them supposedly being on the front foot couldn't have been farther from the truth. Yeah. Liverpool were by far and away 
the better team on every aspect, you know, in terms of desire, in terms of quality, in terms of talent, in terms of tactics. But if you're going to look at the Man United performance, it's everything that we've been saying the last couple of weeks amplified by 10, no identity. And I think a lot of the blame has to go to the players. Mm. More than more than Ole. Yeah, definitely. Because um, so they they ran the stats back after the game. Man United are the least hard. They've run the least amount of distance out of any team in the Premier League. Really? Yes, they've uh, had the least amount of successful tackles. So that's like winning the ball back. Yeah, they've had the most errors or the second most errors leading to goals. So that's mm. mistakes by players. Mm-hmm. That doesn't fall on the coach. Running out, going out there and putting the miles in, putting the tackles in, working hard. That's not on the coach. Yeah, that's that's on yourself. That's on individuals. Does the tactics have part to play in that? Definitely. But at the end of the day, you and I both know when we went out there to play, all you can control is what you can control, and they weren't yeah. doing that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I do agree. But let's say like when the score gets 2-0, 3-0, nothing changes. And is that still on the players or is that on the manager now? Okay, the first... All three goals came from from errors from players. So I don't think tactically there was anything you could have really done. Players were just making the wrong decisions or they weren't making a decision altogether. I mean, I guess that's mm-hmm. making the wrong decision. <laughs> The first one comes from Bruno Fernandez going to press and no one else going with him. So that's a yeah, lack yeah, of effort, yeah. a lack of off. team identity. Yeah. Then they just get played through. Then Fred's not tracking the runner of Keita. He just he just runs through and that's a goal. You know, and you can go through each of the each of the goals like that. And then he goes and tries to change it in the second half and he brings on Paul Pogba. Um, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, what can you say? He was the reason for the fifth goal, yeah. and and he got sent off. So, so if you are going to change it and, and try and change it tactically, because I guess he does bring a different dimension. What what did that do? <laughs> it made it yeah. worse. I mean, it, it, I think it made it worse and made it better. I think there's a few things that, as a lot of United fans, and so funny story. The day before the match, I went to um, my wife's friend's mother's 60th birthday party. And as I'm walking in, I see some Man United slippers. And I'm like, hmm, is there a Man United fan in here? And then it's like five people that just will ra- uh, raise their hands. And I just yell out, Mo Salah. <laughs> and I want to say for the next three and a half hours, we talk football. We talk what's going to happen to match, how it's going to happen, this, that, and the third. I mean, it was crazy. And these are, these are like some Indian guys straight from like proper English Indian guys. So we're just chatting, going back. You know, they're older than me. Are they so from I'm England? Yeah, from England. I'm calling them all oh, uncle, nice. uncle this, uncle that, you know, things like that. And we're having, a, we're having an incredible time. And I told them, I was like, your team isn't as good as you think. And then two, we're really going to show you 
why your team is not that good. Bunch of individual players, incredible, but there is something missing in the squad. And we're and mm. Atalanta showed you. Let, let's start with Leicester showed you guys. Atalanta yep. showed you. And I was like, we're not Leicester or Atalanta, bruv. You need to understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking fact. Um, so, so that thing, and I'm not going to lie, like after after 4-0, I was kind of like, mm, this is kind of shitty. I hope they get a goal so we can get like four more. But it was um, it was hard to watch to just think that, yeah, they paid hundreds of millions of dollars for this team that they have on the pitch. Yeah, but let's not act like Liverpool didn't. Okay, we did, but I'm just saying, like the signings from this, even this, just this summer, just this summer. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, Varane didn't play, so maybe that might have made a yeah. bit of a difference. Yeah, Varane didn't play, but you still had issues even prior to, um, even prior yeah. to Varane getting getting hurt. So it's like, yeah, you know, people, I've been talking with Nail. Somebody, my friend Nail came over to watch the match. It's the same thing. He's like, yeah, Varane's not there. It'll be very different. I was like, but you lost to West Ham with, um, you know, with Varane. Or also had an issue with West Ham the, the game before. Yeah. yeah, You know what I'm saying? So these are things that have just been amplified by by Liverpool. I mean, this is your first real test. You haven't played City um, yet, which is coming. You haven't played Tottenham. We'll see what happens with that. Um, you also Arsenal, right? Coming up soon. I mean, you have you guys I haven't have played Chelsea of, either. Chelsea, you guys have a run of matches that are going to come. And yeah, if, if Ole doesn't get sacked today, he might get sacked. <laughs> he might get sacked on next Monday or Sunday. So it's going to be very interesting, just for the fact that I think that there's a disconnect with the players, but I also think that there's a disconnect from the top down. You know, there seems like he either doesn't have the locker room or, yeah, I just don't think he has the locker room. Like, he doesn't have the respect as if, you know, uh, Guardiola or Klopp or, you know, we can kind of go yeah. with the name on and on and on. Um, so, I, I mean, know. that's I kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I think... So, he, he came in to replace... Not to replace Jose Mourinho. He came in as a interim manager to kind of after the Jose Mourinho firing, they didn't really know what yeah. direction they wanted to go in. And then he started to do well. And then they were yeah. like, okay, this is, this is kind of going well. Like, let's see, let's see how it goes. Okay. Yeah. He's putting a run of games together. Oh, he beat PSG in the Champions League. Okay. Let's give him the job full time. And it was never by design. Do you know what I mean? So like you look at the club, like Liverpool, for example, everything has been, part of the plan and Man United yeah. is kind of just saying oh well this player is available we got to get him Donny van der Beek you know like he's available oh shit we have to buy him oh let's not play him oh, oh Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo's available oh pff, you have to buy him but it's like now they had a kind of identity that they were building in an attacking sense with younger English players Jaden Sancho's Marcus Rashford's Mason Greenwood's okay, we've got Cavani who's going to be there, play some of the games and like be a yeah. leader and a, and a teacher. But now it's like they've thrown all of that out the window because they've got a player that you have to play. Like you can't not play Cristiano Ronaldo because he scores goals. But like there's nothing built around that. There's no, there's no yeah. identity. I mean, I, we've said it many, many times, but there's no playing style. And 
that's attacking and defending. Because he doesn't run, you need to have players around him that will run, and they don't have that, unfortunately. You know, Mason mm-hmm. Greenwood, who I love to death, was poor in the game. He wasn't putting the miles in. Marcus Rashford's just come back. He wasn't putting the miles in. You know, I mean, look, we can go on and on. I think the most telling thing about that game was that Liverpool didn't even play their best and they won 5 0. <laughs> they didn't even, like, think of the players they didn't even have on the pitch. Yeah. Scary, scary hours, Fabinho bro. didn't even play. Mane didn't even play. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you look you look at the midfield and you think Naby Keita, you're like, oh, my God. Because defensively, he had a shocker against Atletico Madrid. So mm. seeing how he played the other day, I mean, he had kind of like a hockey assist. He, has the, he had the goal. He had the hockey assist, basically the pass before the, uh, the assist um, to, to Salah. I think he passed it out wide, and then um, they passed yeah, it to and, Salah. Yeah, and he had the assist. He had the assist to Jota. Yeah. So I mean, you look, you look at um, Naby Keita. I mean, un- hopefully he's not hurt um, too bad. But uh, I mean, yeah, he, play, terrible, he played. He played. Yeah, he played a hell of a match. Um, you look at even, you look at Milner. You know, Milner. They said that he's played against um, United thirty something times. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. He's 36 years old. He puts in the miles. He, Cristiano Ronaldo right. can't do that? Come on. I mean, James Cristiano Milner still wins the beep test at, at Liverpool, and he's 36. And uh, too bad he, he tweaked his hamstring due to a terrible pass by, um, by what's his name? Uh, by Robertson. I'm not sure mm. if you uh, if you caught that. But no, no. Like, we really look at Liverpool, and it, to me – to me, I've had this conversation with many folks. You know, you guys are signing folks. You guys aren't doing this. You aren't doing that. And I'll be honest, like sometimes you think about it and say, damn, we didn't make any signings. But when you look at all the players that have come back from injury last year, last year was kind of a wash for Liverpool and we still made yeah. the Champions League. Yeah. And I don't think people understand that sometimes, you know, having that down year allows everything to come back. You get Virgil back. You get Gomez back. You get Mati back. Like those are those are technically signings because they missed the whole year. You get what I'm saying? I think, then you get... I think this as well, Mike, is that you have to remember that there's there's strength in numbers, and when I say strength in numbers, there's strength in numbers of years together. Like yeah, definitely. players familiarity. know each other. Yeah, familiarity. There's a cohesiveness. There's a togetherness in the team. They fight for each other. And it's about team, right? It's about making yeah. the players play better together. It's not always about bringing in people that can do different things because sometimes you don't need something different. You just need to do the things that you do well even better. And I think that's what Jurgen Klopp's found. He's also got a player in the form of his life. Yeah. He's But he's also got leaders on the pitch. Like Andy Robertson is a leader. Virgil van Dijk is a leader. I bet you Allison is a leader. Jordan Henderson, we know, is a leader. Yeah, yeah. And that, that that kind of gr- that group that strength in the group is is amazing. You you said Naby Keita played well, and I think you know Mo Salah scored a hat trick, but he was probably one of the best players on the pitch. He was winning the ball back time yeah. after time. His effect at the other end of the pitch with the goals and assists has been seen. Yeah, Jordan Henderson was brilliant. That pass he played for Mo Salah was outside of his boot. Fucking hell. <laughs> And people criticize him. They say, oh, he's not a good player. But come on, man. Like, look at that. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, he's he's not the flashy player. He's not the flashy midfielder that we're all used to seeing, like a Bruno Fernandez. You know, you, yeah. you can't wait. Granted, he gives the ball away a lot, but there's some there's some things that Bruno does, and you're sitting there like, oh my word. Jordan Henderson usually isn't that stop, that type of player. His reverse ball is for sure great, probably the greatest <laughs> in the world. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then you know that that pass to the Salah was was incredible pass and he has that in his locker when he needs it and I think that's the great thing about Liverpool all these players kind of know what they're doing and I think the mixture what Klopp has done and what we've seen and I think what he's been criticized about over the years is that he doesn't switch up his squad enough he doesn't mm. play the player he doesn't you know he's always kind of running Mane Salah um, Firmino in the ground and he took Mane off and said let's play Jota Jota hasn't had a run of games like Mane has so it's like let's rest I believe in this lineup Let's make it happen. And one one thing I've been seeing is just the 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 mixture of young and old at the right time. Hmm. You know, the mixture of these like you know how he's had Harvey Elliott coming in, you know Curtis Jones coming in, um, even even the fact that he played Kanate. Oh yeah, that's gone under the radar. You know, yeah, this is second, second start in the Prem. He has he was a bit he was our basically our only signing this summer. Yeah. And he stepped up in this match and played a hell of a game. So, I, just, I don't know, man. Klopp is a fucking mastermind. The team there is a mastermind. Not even speaking as a Liverpool fan, just just as a generalist, you know, really just looking yeah. at the difference between squads. I mean, if I think, I think whoever, whoever takes the reins of United has all the pieces to have an incredible team, has Every single piece, like you have the serial winner of Ronaldo, you have up and coming like Rashford and Green and uh, Mason Greenwood. You have players like Bruno Fernandez, Paul Pogba, if he stays or if he doesn't. You know, you have you have basically the pieces to have it. You have David De Gea playing out of his mind. I know. What is he? What was he supposed to do yesterday? He couldn't have he saved no any chance. of those. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, I. I th- the final thing I'll say on Liverpool is that you can change the personnel, but the the style of play and the identity and the performances remain the same. And I think that is credit to Jurgen Klopp. Every mm-hmm. player goes in there; they know what they need to do. They know how they how they suit the system. They know what they bring to the table, and people don't they don't do more than they need to, and they take care of their business, like you say. You bring in Kanate in his second game. He knows exactly what he needs to do. Yeah. Navi Keita knows exactly what he needs to do. Same with Jota. And when Milner goes off and you bring on um, Curtis, Curtis Jones, Jones the, the standards don't drop. And that's the problem with Man United is it, it's the opposite. Where they go from here, I don't know. I don't think they'll fire uh, Solskjaer now. But, mm. you know, as we say, and I, as I said, I thought he had four games. Um, and I think he probably has got two games to save his position. Mm. Where do Liverpool go from here, though? What's the... I mean, I think they, they're... Them, City and Chelsea, I think, are, are, are favourites for the league now. Have to be. No, I think, I, think it's, I think it's pretty simple there. I mean, we, we, could, we still have West Ham in there. Um, as well, but I mean, to be real, it is a three horse race. It is yeah. definitely a three horse. It is definitely a three horse race, and anything can happen. There's the only thing that probably 
worries me about Liverpool is the African Cup of Nations. Mm. You know, and I'm not gonna. If I could just say it's coming at the wrong time. You know, they they say that they say that the teams are separated after Christmas break. This that's yeah. when that's when things really begin to change. You know, you have that you have the Christmas break kind of ramp up of matches, 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 and then from there it's like who can stay healthy, who can switch up the team enough, and then still make sure that they're getting three points um, week in and week out. And with Mo Salah with and Sadio Mane leaving, not saying that we've said that Klopp is able to you know mix things up and still get the most out of his players, but. You're losing a player right now who scored in 10 straight matches and has 14 goals in 10 straight matches. Yeah. And for a month as well. It's not like you're missing him for a game or two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, depending yeah. on how well his team team does. And then also the fact that injuries can happen as well to either yeah. player. You know, I think they will reinforce in January. I think they'll try and get a uh, an attacking player. I mean, there was, you know, there's rumors flying around. Of them trying to get uh, Adeyemi from Salzburg, but yeah, you know who good. knows. I think I, I think they they will be able to to go out and buy someone. Um, Man United need need to do a lot more than buy players, and I I think buying players is actually the opposite of what they need to do. But Agreed. Agreed. we can sit here all day and criticize Man United. West Ham have Salili been the surprise package of the season. Um, For sure. And it's that man, Milkel Antonio, again <laughs> with the goal. That boy is a player, man. I, I, I definitely understand why he said, I'm not going back out of international duty anymore. I'm focusing on what I need to do in the prem. He's trying mm. to get the Brinks truck backed up to his house. <laughs> Wherever he's living, you know, probably like right outside of London. Remember, he's in London proper because, you know, the boy has big bags of bread. Um, it's, man, he's a player and a half. And I wish the whole Jamaica thing would have worked out, but he answers the phone call when you need him to. Yep. Yep. And West Ham-Tottenham is a big, big rivalry match. Um, and it's a London Antonio. derby. Yeah, it's a derby, but I mean, those two specifically, they they hate each other. Um, I mean, it seems like everyone in London hates Spurs, but yeah, Mikel Antonio has been playing really well. The thing is, is that, again, West Ham are a team of consistency. They've p- played the same starting lineup most times in the Premier League mm. this year. And you've got the same players performing at a really high level, but it's the same thing that I was saying with Liverpool. That's a team that's been together for three or four years. They've added maybe little bits and pieces here. Ben Rama, yeah. he's come in and changed things. But the Declan Rices, the Mikel Antonios, the Aaron Cresswells, the Fabianskis in goal. I mean, who knows where they can take it. But at the moment, you have to say that they're fighting for a top four place. And I think I think all power to them. I hope they I hope they continue. Yeah, I think I think they're like one signing away, and that may be Jesse Lingard um, again. I think they're definitely one signing away from you know securing that top four place. Has he made a mistake by staying? Well, do you think it was his decision fully? Because I think United just didn't want to sell him. I think he definitely had a he definitely had a say in it. Mm, yeah, you know, you know what, you know what, I, I, when I think about Jesse Lingard and probably his thinking was. I proved myself. 
mm. for this for this for half the half the season. Yeah, I deserve I deserve to really a get chance. a chance in in the United side, and that's not the case. You know, when you when you make a hundred million dollar signing in Jaden Sancho, honestly, he's not even hitting, he's not even touching the pitch. But when you're making a hundred million dollar signing, and then you have Jesse Lingard, who do you play? The person you just spent a hundred million, hundred million dollars yeah. on. I so, would have, I would have preferred to play Jesse Lingard, and you know, he he would have worked hard. Yeah, anyway, we could we can talk about that all day. You did you did say that um, you felt like most of the Mancunians should play. I do, I do, because it means more to them. It like that rivalry is actually beyond football. It's a it's a city rivalry. It's the you know northwest kind of two biggest cities in the northwest of England, probably two biggest cities apart from Leeds in the north of England, and mm-hmm. there's always been a rivalry between the two cities, just between Mancunians and Scousers, and I think. You've got players there that bleed, you know, red for Manchester United. Um, and, you know, you don't really give them a chance to play. I mean, Cristiano's been in it. You know, he knows what it means. Yeah, but, for sure. But, yeah, it was just it was just all around disappointing. And the fact that, you know, fans were leaving at halftime. I mean, it was 4-0 at halftime. Like, that's just, that's just embarrassing. <sighs> I thought you were playing. Um, I thought you were playing uh, Norwich United. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take it right. back to to Saturday. Some impressive performances. Oh no, not even Saturday. Not even Saturday, bro. Let's take it back to Friday. To Friday. Sorry, Arsenal, Aston Villa, three one to the Gunners or the Gooners. Uh, have Aston Villa been the disappointing team of the season? Yeah, for me they have been. Yeah, yeah, they have. They they definitely have. I mean, the way they started off last year. But you know, you know what I've come to find like we take it for granted to see teams be like actually be good year after year. We just think that it's just supposed to be like that. You know, you had a good year before, you should be good again. Mm. And, and I don't think it's that. I don't, it's not that easy. Maybe that shows the strength of the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, they're still not far. I mean, 10 points from Aston Villa. But, I mean, with some of the signings that they've had, they've made the players that they had, the season that they had last year. You think they bring in Danny Ings and things are like, oh, Danny Wings, Ollie Watkins, they're just going to change. You know, they're going to be yeah, banging in goals left and right. I said Ollie Watkins might be goal scorer of the, uh, you know, <laughs> might have the record. <laughs> You said most a lot to be fair, yeah. but um, I don't know, bro. <laughs> yeah, they've they, they've made a lot of signings, and you know you get that huge transfer fee for Jack Grealish. They spend it on quality players, and I think it's Bailey, something Danny very similar Lewis. happened about, about ten years ago when Gareth Bale went to Real Madrid. Mm. Tottenham signed about six or seven players with the transfer fee from Gareth Bale, but it didn't make them a better team. It didn't get them right back into the Champions League. And not that Aston Villa were in the Champions League, but they were hoping to be pushing. Aston Villa would hope to be where West Ham is right now with the squad that they've got. 100%. 100%. And that's not just because they wear the same colours, but... (laughs) (laughs) 
really disappointing. And, you know, Arsenal seem to have started off horrifically, but now they seem to be catching their stride a little bit. You know, Arsenal, they're in 10th, but they're only three points off the um, off of top four. Well, look at how many teams are on 14 points. I know. <laughs> it's one, two, three, four, four teams. And, I mean, literally five points or four points separate 11th all the way to fourth. Yeah. So, I mean, it's tight. It's, I mean, the whole, the whole thing is tight. I mean, 22, 22 points first all the way down to 11th is 13th. I mean, eight points is not a big difference. Nine games have been played. There's 38 games that are played in the season, so there's still a huge way to go. I think, like we say, the front three will be a mix of Liverpool, Man City, and Chelsea. Whatever combination that is, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then the rest, I mean, you're really... I mean, even, even Leicester started off the season horribly. Now look where they are. They've turned it around. They've always been a good team, but they're starting to play well. Brighton, probably the surprise package of the year. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, let, let's let's before we before we move forward just a little bit. I want to say I want to ask you about Arsenal, and I mean they started the season zero and three, like horrifically, like, terrible. Mm. I mean they started the season against Brentford and got routed. Oh my god! Yeah. So Arsenal didn't press the panic button. And fire, fire Arteta, Mikel Arteta. Mm-hmm. Should United follow that same thought process, or is it, or has Ole just been there for too long to you know kind of let this shit slide? I think it's two different situations because Man United finished second last year, mm. and Arsenal didn't finish in the European places, so. They're not coming off a a good season. They're coming off a disappointing year. And I think they need to be realistic with where they're taking it. When when you bring in World Cup winners, Champions League winners, the all-time leading goal scorer in the Champions League, the most exciting young player in the Bundesliga, you're you're mm. making a different statement. Yeah. You're making a statement where we're we're looking to challenge. Arsenal were never looking to challenge for the title. I think they're looking... And maybe their approach to it is better because they're looking a lot more long-term. Mm-hmm. But I think Man United need to... Yeah, they need to analyze... What do they want? What what What's the goal of Manchester United at the moment? I mean, obviously, it is to get to that top level, but how long are they giving themselves? And where and how are they going to do it? And that's the... Arsenal know how they're going to become a better team, and they're sticking with Arteta. But Ole and the signings that they have, they don't really make sense. They don't go hand in hand. So I think it's... They will stick with him, but is that the right decision? The problem is, is that if you fire him, who do you replace him with? Well, right now they have Conte. Conte is like the main guy that people are talking about. Um, you know, they in 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 the perfect world... Zidane, yeah, um, that would definitely be the that would definitely be the signing. But does he does he even want to jump into something like this? You yeah, know, no, it's kind of like, it's kind of a it's kind of a cesspool um, as of right now. Uh, what's going on with United? And it's a lot harder to clean it up than if you're just pumping you know brand new water into the pool. So 
he's coming halfway through the season. Any anybody who takes his job coming halfway through the season is going to be very very difficult. Agreed. So it, it's going to be tough regardless. And this this that is a prestigious that is a prestigious position to take. And but from day one, you're under the scrutiny of of the all world. United fans, supporters, and the yeah, the basically the world. There's going to be a microscope on you, and I don't know if you want to do that right now when possibly some of these guys don't have the players that they may want in the team. They may not feel as if, you know, they have the best chance of winning, especially I would say in the defensive midfield position, mm-hmm. you know, you, you haven't, you haven't to have McTominay and then also Fred on the pitch hurts you to where you don't have as much attacking. You don't have enough faith in one of these pe- one of these individuals. Like if it was a Fabinho's back there, you're like, all right, everybody else can like Bruno Pogba, Go ahead, do your thing. But now you only have you have two guys playing the same position, and it's um, I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough. Whoever takes this, whoever takes that job, or whatever happens, do do they give him to Christmas and say? Do they give him two more games? If you guys get routed by Tottenham, and then you win Atalanta, and then get routed by Man City, do they say that that's okay? Because I I don't see I don't see the Man City game going in your favor. <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with you. And and I was thinking about this. There's no point even focusing on the Champions League because let's be realistic. Manchester United are not going to win the Champions League. They have more of a chance mm-hmm. of winning the Premier League than they do the Champions League. I think the Man United managerial situation is very similar to what's going on at Barcelona at the moment. Not from a financial point of view, but just the fact that You've got people that are loyal to the club at Barcelona who would want to take it, but why would you take it now? Yeah, you're you're, you're almost set up to to fail if you take it now. Yeah, nobody wants to take that Barcelona manager's job. It's a, you know, it's a death certificate. And I think this Man United position, I don't know if it's as as dire a situation as the Barcelona one, but mm-hmm. again, and and the thing is, people say Antonio Conte, but he comes in with a very, very specific style of play and a system that has worked for him. He's won Serie A with Inter Milan. He's won, or and Juventus. He's won Serie A, I mean, uh, um, sorry, the Premier League with Chelsea. But his system is not a Man United style of play. And I think... Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I, I hope he doesn't come in. But, you know, I don't really know what... I don't... I don't know what the formula is. And obviously the people at Manchester United don't know what the formula is either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sheesh. I mean, until, until next time, you know, until next episode, I guess we'll see Wagwan in the next, uh, in the next week or so. But <laughs> before we, but before we get started, um, or before we end, I do have a quick question in regards to the bottom three. And we have Burnley, Newcastle and Norwich. Norwich is definitely I'm glad you brought this up. Norwich is probably going to be standing in the bottom three, but who knows? I want to know right now what are your predictions and what happens. I I I, I, I think it, I think I think Newcastle and Norwich should go down. The third uh, one, the third one, I don't know. The Newcastle go I down? Know. I think so. They're so bad. They are so bad. Norwich are the exact same team that came up a few years ago. They play the same way. They're never going to win in the, in the Premier League. The, the players just aren't good enough. 
Newcastle are just in so much turmoil at the moment. Who do they bring in as a manager? Who takes that position? What sort of players? I mean, everything is on the, everything is up for grabs there, and there's no direction. And hmm. the new, the new owners may come in, but who's realistically going to go there at the moment in terms of players? That's really, gonna, yeah. that's really going to make a difference. The last team to go down, I honestly think it will be someone like Watford. I think Watford will. <sighs> Will capitulate, but Leeds I mean, haven't really been got doing 10 well. Points, Burnley haven't been doing well. Yeah, I don't know, man. Who do you think? Um, I would say taking a look at the big, big picture. I think Newcastle gets out of it, and the reason why I say, I, reason why I think Newcastle gets out of it is just the fact that their team form is not as bad as we think. You Go know, on. They, they they drew one one, two three against Tottenham, two one against Wolves, one one Watford, one one Leeds. Then you have the four one routing of from Man United. Then two two Southampton, nil nil Burnley. That's not that's not bad, and I think that if you make one, I would say three to four signings. And I I think they they have they have to be realistic in a sense to say that. Hey, we know we're not going to go ahead and get Osuman Dembele or Cachino, uh, because they're not going to come right now. Let's make these mm-hmm. signings to ensure that our defense is, is where it needs to be, and then also our midfield is where it needs to be. Callum Wilson is kind of doing his stuff. He has four goals this season. So I think that you 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 kind of make those slight changes and you can bring yourself out of the relegation zone and then start the start um the summer um anew. And be able to make some of those larger signings that you're thinking of. Um, so I, I have. It all I have starts with the manager, though, for me. Mm. It sounds. It sounds like. Uh, sounds like you're. Are you a Newcastle United or Man United fan? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm oh, not ahead, at the moment. No, I, I just go think ahead. they they've got rid of Steve Bruce. Um, probably the best decision that they could make just because it seemed to be a kind of stale, a stale team, but they need to have someone who's going to, I think, like you say, looking at the results, they played some decent teams. They haven't conceded that many goals. Like they've only conceded three goals once, I think. So the problem really for me, when I look at the Newcastle team is I just don't see where they're going to score goals from. Gotcha. So you need to get someone in, who's going to create some sort of, uh, you know, synergy between the attacking players. I mean, Alan Saint-Maximin is a really entertaining player, but it seems like he's there all on his own. I've watched him play twice, and when he gets the ball, the other players just kind of hope that he does something incredible, and that's yeah. not going to be enough. So a manager is going to have to come in and coach them into, into playing in a more effective way. Norwich, mm. like we say, they are finished yeah <laughs> you know it's crazy because they're like the rubber band team they bounce up they bounce down bounce yeah. up back, back bounce back down it's like they just need they need something between the prim the prem and the championship and then norwich will be champions <laughs> of whatever <laughs> that is like that middle they would never leave they will stay right there because they're too good for the championship but not good enough for the prem uh <laughs> but um i have burnley going down and then crazy enough i think leeds 
Uh, and, and as much as I love the way that Leeds play, I just don't think they have it, man. I think... Uh, yeah, they've got that second season syndrome, they call it, where people have figured out what they do, and I don't think they've recruited very well either. Um, they bought Dan man James. Mark, you can't been... man-mark every game. No. No, you can't. No. <laughs> Players are going to get tired uh yeah it's gonna be a lot of um decent players uh leaving leeds united uh over the summer yeah yeah i think if if they uh, the problem is i think if leeds go down marcelo bielsa will leave the coach and if he leaves then a lot of players are going to leave because you know they've got some talented players rafinha for example who's entertaining (laughs) so for the cheap for the cheap, for the cheap. But as you can tell, I'm incredibly disappointed with how the weekend went. But this is proving to be a very, very entertaining Premier League season. Um, what's going to happen from here? I really, really don't know. I hope we figure it out. But I hope Liverpool don't win more than anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I want to be. I want to say something. I was actually incorrect last episode. Max told me off air, which made no sense to me. He should have just. He should have just, you know, dug it in the ground and be like, "Yo, you're wrong. We have twenty. <laughs> you have 19. and I would have been fine with that. So right now, this year, this season, we'll tie United on league titles, top, um, yeah, like league titles or whatever, and not just the Prem. You know, League One. What what they call it back in the day? The first division. First division, yeah. So first division titles will tie on 20. And then from there, you know, we'll go ahead and 21, 22, 23, 30. So if you could win the Champions League as a Liverpool fan or the Premier League, what, which one would you, would you take? The, well, I would take the Prem. Yeah. Yeah. Back back to the top of England. Um, but I, I honestly, I think we're going to win both. On the topic of Liverpool... Mo Salah has come out and said that he would be happy to spend the rest of his career on mm. Merseyside. What do you think about that? I think that's amazing. I think that's amazing right there. Uh, do I think it's good for Liverpool in the long run? Maybe if he can keep it like Messi-ish, Ronaldo-ish. So if he could do it for another six years, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, yeah, just another six years. That would be fine, yeah. <laughs> another six seasons. No, no, I think that's great. But they need to – money talks at the end of the day. And honestly, every time Mo Salah breaks another record, scores another goal, continues this this whole thing, it's uh, it's another it's another couple million that they're looking to have to spend. So the sooner we get it wrapped up, the better. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. 100%. On that note, thank you for joining us. We are contacting Brinks and all of the banks. Mo Salah needs his money. It's a long-winded way of saying pay the man what he's worth. Liverpool performance of the weekend. Mo Salah, best player of the season so far. Best player in the world. Um, It's been a pleasure as a football fan, not as a Man United fan. But thanks for joining us. We're back Thank next you. week to see if Man United can turn it around and see if Mo Salah can continue his incredible streak. Yes, sir. And this has been the Liverpool and Man United podcast for the last few weeks. <laughs> Thank you for rocking with us. But we'll make sure to tune in and check in on some of the other teams. So, again, we appreciate you guys. 
you know, leave a review, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell her mom and her brother too. You guys stay blessed, stay beautiful, and we'll chat with y'all soon. Peace.